We're going to make one more stop in Exodus chapter 12 this morning before moving from this Passover celebration to following the people of Israel as they make their way out of the land of Egypt. And uh, We've looked at the menu, the manner of the Passover, the memorial that it was in this meal, but there is more to the Passover um, than just that meal on the 10th day of the month of Abib or Nisan as described later. It's a week-long remembrance uh, that includes this feast of unleavened bread that we find here in the Scriptures. The Lord gives instruction to Moses on the feast, and then he, Moses then passes that along to the rest of the people. Uh, more detail in chapter 13, 3 through 10. So we're going to read in chapter 12, uh, 15 through 20. I'll make reference as we go to chapter 13, as that information is reiterated uh, through Moses. Beginning at verse 15. This day shall be for you a memorial day, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord. Throughout your generations is a statute forever. You shall keep it as a feast. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall remove leaven out of your houses. For if anyone eats what is leavened from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. On the first day you shall hold a holy assembly, and on the seventh day a holy assembly. No work shall be done on those days. But what everyone needs to eat, that alone may be prepared by you. You shall observe the feast of unleavened bread. For on this very day I brought your hosts out of the land of Egypt. Therefore you shall observe this day throughout your generations as a statute forever. In the first month, from the fourteenth day of the month at evening, you shall eat unleavened bread until the twenty-first day of the month at evening. For seven days, no leaven is to be found in your houses. If anyone eats what is leavened, that person will be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he is a sojourner or a native of the land. You shall eat nothing leavened. In all your dwelling places, you shall eat unleavened bread. This is the living word of our God. Let's thank him together. Lord, we are grateful for this, your word. For you feed us through this word and the power of your Holy Spirit, that we might know you more, your desires for us as your people. Lord, we ask that you would guide our understanding now of these words from Exodus chapter 12. Guide us in not only understanding, but how to apply these words in our own lives. Lord, we pray that you would make us attentive in these moments, that you'd speak faithfully through your servant, We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. So would you leave Egypt? It's a question I'll start with. Do you want to leave Egypt? I realize we're in Arkansas. Um, But we need to remember what Egypt and life in Egypt represents for the people of Israel. This is fear, hardship, slavery, They need a new master, and they have a new master in Yahweh, the one who is. And so that means a new new way of life, life outside of Egypt. But we've mentioned a few times that Egypt is all that the people have ever known. Uh, It wouldn't take long for them in, in the wilderness to see that the good old bad days of Egypt are what it is they wanted. It's not far from their minds. You know, was, was leaving Egypt an, an easy thing to do? And in many ways, uh, 
You'd say that it would have been uh, externally, you know, the relief from oppression, greater freedom to live and to work uh, as they desire, but in other ways, it, it would not have been easy. Uh, you know, the, those internal ties, the connections of place. I was thinking, of course, I've summer months, baseball, that movie, The Field of Dreams, when Ray Kinsella makes his way up to Chisel, Minnesota. And then he's transported back in time and he meets Moonlight Graham and he sits down with Moonlight Graham and who only played one half of an inning in the outfield. And he said, if you could do anything you wanted, what, what would it be? If you had a dream, a wish? And Graham responds, you know, I never got to bat in the major leagues. I'd like that opportunity just once. To stare down the picture and wink, make him think you know something he doesn't. I'd like that opportunity. And is there enough power in the moonlight for something like this to happen? And Ray says, well, what would you say if I said yes? We're going to a place like this, and you can, we'll take you if you want to go. Um, he sits back in his chair, and he says, no. No, I can't leave. The 50 years you came this close to your dream, it would kill some guys to be that close and never touch it. He says, no, it'll have to stay a dream. He couldn't leave. His life in Chisel, Minnesota was more important to him. It's what he knew so well. Okay, well, what does Egypt represent for Israel? What does it represent for us today? Egypt is what they knew. It was the old way of life, living for the old master. For us, it is that old life, living either unaware or ignorant of our sin, or being okay with it and entertaining it because it's, well, it's a pleasing sacrifice to the old master. God knows what we need. He delivers us. We have no ability to do so on our own. But this deliverance doesn't leave us the same. It changes us. And so the Lord includes this week-long observance, a week of keeping watch on what the people are consuming, because it's a visible sermon for them every day. We looked at the Passover menu, the roasted lamb, the bitter herbs. And so now we're going to come back to the bread, specifically the unleavened bread. And I want us to see here kind of two different lenses, what, what's being left behind and then looking ahead. Uh, left behind and looking ahead as we look at this feast. And so the people have uh, taken what they need to make the bread uh, very practically. There's no time to, to prepare, to wait around for the bread to rise. So during the Passover meal, the next day, as they're leaving Egypt, it's, it's unleavened bread. That makes sense. But the Lord instructs it's not just for one day or for the initial trip. Part of this memorial for the generations to come is an entire week of unleavened bread. So the people, they were to gather at the beginning of the week for the sacrificing of the lambs. And then for a time of worship, that, that holy convocation at the end of the week as part of this observance. Um, and you know, one week, seven days, is not something I want to push too far, but seven and multiples of seven are often used in the Scriptures to show something that has reached fulfillment or completion. Leave your life in Egypt completely, is the message. Leave it behind. There should be nothing left of that, of that old way as you follow your new master. 
separate yourselves entirely. And here's where that unleavened bread is much more significant than simply, well, there's no time to let it rise. The leaven represents that life in Egypt, the old ways of Egypt, the idolatries of Egypt. The people are enslaved physically, but they're also enslaved spiritually. They're being rescued, being saved from this slavery, and so none of it should follow them. There needs to be a clean break here, represented by the leaven. And to get that clean break from the old message, uh, the Lord says, no leaven. When the people are gathered together, no leaven in the privacy of their homes. The life and effects of leaving Egypt were not just a corporate thing. This was, uh, this was to be personal. Clean it out. Leaven is that fermented dough. We'll talk to more about this. Those, those yeast spores, apparently they can, they can travel through the air pretty freely. And so it was important to, to clean the houses so that no bread was unintentionally leavened. So search it out. Remove all the old dough that you have stored away. Like what one commentator, he, he says this really acutely. He says, God wanted to do more than get his people out of Egypt. He wanted to get Egypt out of his people. The leaven, that yeast, is that ideal picture of sin and the way sin spreads and corrupts. Once the dough was, was made, a small portion is then set aside, put in a cooler place, and allowed to ferment. And then that little bit of dough was then mixed in with the new batch. And before that batch was baked, they'd take a little piece and set it off to the side um, for, for yeast. So there, there was always a part of the old loaf mixed in with the new. So if you had some bad yeast, if you had poisonous leaven, uh, that's going to work its way into the loaf, and the next loaf, and the next one after that. And maybe some of you have done this, where you've made one of those friendship breads. Um, you know, someone has the, the starter, you get the starter from someone, and then before you bake, you know, you take some starter and pass it along. Um, well, that, that process is exactly what the Lord is after in this feast. Okay, no friendship bread with the leaven of Egypt. Don't take, this, uh, don't, don't take the sin, the sin patterns you are used to under the old master and try to mix them with life under the new master. It's going to corrupt, poison, uh, what that obedience should look like. So when we're tempted and then follow through on our temptation, that temptation gives birth to sin, which is very simply doing, doing what God forbids or not doing what God commands. When that happens, it's, it's so easy for us to, to try and excuse ourselves. You know, nobody's perfect, right? I'm just being human. And that's a very real statement. Along with being the very real source of the problem. There's great worth and value and, and dignity in being human. We're image bearers of God, crowned with glory and honor, the psalmist says. But we also carry that leaven of sin from our very first parents. It infects us, taints the image of God in us. That's the work of sin, that, that sinful nature that must be left behind. In Matthew chapter 16, as well as Luke 12, Luke 13, Jesus uses leaven as a picture of that false teaching, the hypocrisy spread through the Pharisees. Um, 
He says this teaching, this course of action that the Pharisees are on, it's poisonous. It will spread and destroy the whole loaf. The young church, as it continues to grow, watch out for the leaven of the Pharisees. So, so hear those words, though not exactly in those words, in this instruction we've just read. God is saying through this annual practice and this celebration, watch out for the old leaven. Get rid of it. And then look ahead to the promised land. Look ahead at obedience to your new master. So this is the second lens. The Lord saves to sanctify. Um, the people are leaving Egypt to follow their new master. Now life looks different. It's obeying the words of God and not the word of Pharaoh. And God says, because I have delivered you, because I am your owner and I am your rightful master, you shall have no other gods before me. We're going to hear those words in a few chapters at Mount Sinai. But now leave the leaven of Egypt and remember year after year, through this unleavened bread, what I've done for you, who you belong to. I think this week we have a national... Uh, observance, uh, celebration of the freedoms, the liberties that, that we have in this land. It's sort of a pump up on patriotism kind of a day. Don't bring yourself with fireworks kind of a day. Um, but it's a regular celebration to remind Americans of their independence and the freedoms, along with the responsibilities, that come with that. Um, so here, here is that national remembrance for the people of Israel and all those who would join them in obedience to God. There's a new rhythm to life now, a new pattern that they're to follow from year to year. And uh, think about eating unleavened bread for a whole week, how powerful of a point that would make. Um, it would really fix this into their minds, into their consciences, you know, long before the days of iPod. We need something to, to sink in. Well, we're listening to it over and over again. We're watching it over and over again. Keeping this feast is that continual reminder for the people to keep covenant. In 13 verse 9, it says, It shall be to you as a sign on your hand and as a memorial between your eyes that the law of the Lord may be in your mouth. So most of the people are not literate. Uh, they can't really read or write, but they could eat. So they could participate in this feast. And the, the unleavened bread would have that effect of speaking to their hearts and to their minds. And again, not an optional observance for God's people. Uh, kind of seeing the effects already this summer when uh, my kids are given the option of cleaning the room or pulling some weeds or practicing some math. Uh, it doesn't happen real often, sometimes not at all. Uh, God tells the people that if anyone does not participate in this observance, if they eat leaven at any point during this week, then they are to be cut off from the assembly, from the congregation of God's people. And that word for cut off, it's, uh, it's what's used for making a covenant between two people, between two parties. So God cuts a covenant with Abraham, ratifies that covenant through the cutting of flesh. We'll go back to Genesis 15, Genesis 17. Um, we read in other places, many times in Numbers, of those who are unclean and still trying to participate uh, in worship. They'd be cut off from the people. If one acts with deliberate defiance to the Lord, let me read an example here, Numbers 15. But the person who does anything with a high hand, whether he is a native or a sojourner, reviles the Lord, and that person shall be cut off from among his people, because he has despised the word of the Lord and has broken his commandment. That person shall be utterly cut off 
His iniquity shall be on him. So to be cut off from the people is to no longer be in that sharing in that covenant relationship, the blessing that would come in that covenant relationship. To use the picture, it's life back in Egypt. It's life outside of Goshen, among the people enslaved. So it doesn't mean that the people were immediately executed or you know, thrown out of town if you know, grandma's bread was a little fluffier or a little sweeter than what they expected. Um, this is a warning, a strong warning to the people. This is what will happen for violators of God's law. Uh, the eventual outcome for covenant breaking is that expulsion. As you notice too in verse, uh, verse 19, no partiality in this, no distinction among those who would be cut off from the people. It could be native or not. No special treatment. Okay, it didn't matter who your daddy was, how much the family contributed to, uh, contributed to the assembly or whatever. Folks weren't exempt from this annual statute because they were farther away from the community. Again, we see the host of the Lord in verse 17. The Lord's army leaving Egypt, prepared as it were, for the battles to come, the test of the wilderness, the battles in the land of promise. We leave Egypt. We, we leave this morning prepared, ready for battle. The Apostle Paul tells us what that armor looks like as we go into battle. The helmet of salvation, and uh, the, the shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness, that belt of truth. And of course, the sword of the Spirit and the Word of God. So the people are saved by the Passover. This is what God has done. This is what's behind them. And now the focus is on becoming, on their, on their new journey, their sanctification. This is the grace of God. They're not saving themselves through participating in this celebration. Now they're leaving that leaven because God has passed over. So we're to cast away the leaven, put away a life of, life of sin, walk in freedom. And I want to stick with the Apostle Paul for a moment because he speaks directly to this. And this language we've heard already this morning uh, from 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Oftentimes when there are things that may be less understood in the Bible, we look to other places in the Bible. We may be given some strong clues. And here's a great example of that on how to interpret this. In 1 Corinthians 5, Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you really are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Let us therefore celebrate the Passover, not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Even if that language seems quite likely that Paul has this festival in mind um, that's been instituted here in Exodus 12. Purge the old leaven. You're a new person, a new creation in Christ, he would write later. And he adds some more here, here in this language in Ephesians chapter 4, really 17 through 24. Um, in fact, I want you to turn there if you wouldn't mind. It's page 978, if that helps, in the Black Bible. Exodus, or I'm sorry, Ephesians 4. And I just, I want to start reading here, beginning at verse 17. Have you follow along with me? Ephesians 4.17 Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do 
in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their life in Egypt. Is that what your Bible says? Okay, good, because it's not what mine says either. But it does say, due to their hardness of heart. Does that sound familiar? It should. It sounds like Egypt and a certain leader whose heart was hardened, a people whose heart was hardened. So Paul says, out with the old, in with the new here. In verse, verse 20, that's not the way you learn Christ, assuming that you have heard about Him and were taught in Him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your life in Egypt, I mean. No, your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Life looks different outside of Egypt. It looks different for the Christian that is growing in Christ, that is identified with Christ. We turn from sin. We leave the leaven because the wrath of God has passed over us. We've been redeemed through Jesus. It means we don't carry the leaven of Egypt. We don't want to entertain or identify ourselves with the old man, that prior way of life. Okay? It doesn't mean we don't sin or we're never going to sin again. But we put off the sin. It doesn't belong. And we have a new master that we look to. Um, and I, I probably don't need to... to say this more than once, but it's not easy. It's not easy at all. You've lived as a Christian for any amount of time. Because um, I, I open with that question specifically, would you leave Egypt? Life in Egypt and the, the patterns, the practices, they don't, just, they don't just disappear from our hearts and minds overnight. This, this leaven has, has worked its way in deep until at times it may, may feel like it's even a part of who we are. With a new master, we belong to Christ. Our identity is, a, is as a child of God who's making a new loaf. He's, he's recalibrating. He's working new desires in us by His Spirit. That's His process of sanctification, we call it. So now we can do battle with what we're used to. What was so much a part of life in Egypt? We leave the leaven. We can say no to those temptations to whatever. Temptations to whomever we may find so controlling. We're in Christ. We have a new master. But we need to take even, even the smallest amounts of leaven seriously. Um, are we entertaining even the smallest sin? You know, Think of those those little lies that you're so used to getting away with. Worry, impatience, greed, gluttony. Those secret little lusts that we tell ourselves, you know, it's okay. If it gets out of control, then, then I'll address it, and then I'll, I'll, I'll seek some help. Um, if that is you, even as I search my own heart, we need to be, beware. We're playing with fire. I mentioned last week, we're walking by the den of the lion. Uh, God says, get rid of that leaven. 
I saved you from that, from that sin for something much better to fill you with more of me. That's what God says. So how do, how do we leave the leaven behind as, as new creatures in Christ? Um, just think about that picture. You, you typically can't see the leaven in the loaf once it's all worked in. We need others to come alongside us. We need to be in the company of the redeemed. I love how Sunday school and the sermon just sort of come right together, unintentionally. Um, in those relationships, we have the, uh, the freedom for others to, to speak into our lives who can see that leaven and say something about it. We need the purifying agent of God's Word. Uh, you know, that, that, that fellowship of the saints, time and prayer together. Um, please afford yourself those opportunities in the life of the church. Uh, throughout the week as they become available. Uh, you know, as we come together here on Sunday mornings, we're, we're refueling in a sense, getting ready, ready for the week. But most of us are, are dipping down towards E, empty by Monday night, maybe Tuesday morning. Um, so we need those means of grace that God has given to us. This remembrance is such an important part of our faith journey, uh, of this new life that we have in Christ. We have... You know, opportunity again this morning for remembrance, to come to the table together. Um, we remember the exodus from the slavery of sin uh, by the strong, outstretched arm of our God. Uh, so Christ, Christ has been cut off from the assembly in our place. He has taken the leaven that is our sin upon Himself. His humility, perfect obedience, obedience unto death. So this, this Passover is fully realized in Jesus. So now you and I can come freely to the table. We can eat, eat and drink freely of God's mercy and rejoice in this. Let's, let's prepare our hearts to do that now. Lord, we do thank you for this word, for this remembrance that you've given to your people long ago that is now completed, fully realized in this new covenant meal in the Lord Jesus. We pray that as bits and pieces of that old life, the old man, rears up its ugly head, that you would strengthen us, that we would look to Jesus, that we would see His humility and His obedience and get rid of that leaven to follow you in newness of life. We thank you for this reminder this morning. In Christ's name, amen.